You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, sir, people, the time of the evening where you join us on Legal Talk. Alhamdulillah, Legal Talk are very widely acclaimed. And Alhamdulillah, you know, our podcasts uh, have been, uh, the hits have been just unreal. And, uh, at, uh, you know, this is what uh, Tobela tells me. It's a very popular show indeed. And Alhamdulillah, there I need to compliment our guests that have uh, done a splendid work uh, on this uh, segment of a legal talk or on this program. And Allah keep them, Allah bless them for taking their time out to conscientize the Ummah. So Alhamdulillah, so much going around and so much happening in this world. And uh, the brother that I have in front of me, Advocate uh, Muhammad uh, Umar, he's uh, someone, he's worldly wise people. He's worldly wise, he's been on, uh, you know, he's done everything. And besides being, you know, an advocate, he has been, uh, you know, he knows his politics, he knows his uh, civic work, he knows, uh, you know, the social things, and he knows uh, the economy. I mean, I can give you on, on, on this show with this one individual, I can even give you a market report. You know that, people? Yeah, I'll tell you. We can give you everything. Advocate uh, Muhammad uh, Umar. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? How are you, Brother Shafak? You know, I tell you, my stock rises when I hear you, and uh, I feel all the more comfortable when you are sitting uh, or you're on that side of the mic. That's good. Good to hear. And let's hope it, uh, the same for others as well. No, absolutely. They all uh, have the confidence in you. And Alhamdulillah, you know, the man with a very clean, beautiful record, the smile he gives is efficacious. And uh, Alhamdulillah, he's uh, akhlaq and his behavior is to the T as a Muslim. Now, um, you know, Advocate uh, Muhammad Umar, before we, we get into our topic, uh, on the 8th of August, 2005, Sheikh Ahmadi that uh, Rahimullah made parza from this dunya. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember paying him a lot of tributes on my different platforms uh, that I'm involved in. And perhaps a man uh, like yourself uh, that had met the individual and, you know, that had met his son and, uh, you know, built up a very cordial relationship. How do you remember them? On you know, these are how two thousand and five to two thousand two twenty eight over seventeen years ago, I think. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. You know, it it it's it, it's strange that you brought Sheikh Didat's name up uh, uh, today because uh, strangely this after this morning I was uh, listening to one of his speeches on uh, on a podcast. Uh, what Spotify? Imagine Sheikh Didat's work has even reached Spotify today. This technology, what he would have done with this technology, people cannot imagine. Because he was always at the forefront. He was the first person who went in for videos. And at that time, there was a strong opposition that how can a sheikh of Islam speak on video, televised, uh, you know, images, these type of things. And today, it's part for the cause. So, uh, you know, and, and uh, he was speaking about the Jehovah's Witness uh, uh, today, uh, you know, or the one that I had listened to, and said, when you ask the Jehovah's Witness, you must ask them, where do you get the name Jehovah from? And he said, immediately you'll hit them for a six. So <laughs> that was my lesson today on Shafi. Alhamdulillah, you know, uh, you look at it. Uh, Muhammad calls a spade a spade there. Yeah, it's a knockout punch. No airy fairy tunes with Muhammad. He gets straight to the point. And Alhamdulillah, you know, talking about the points. And very quickly, your views on what's happening on uh, Palestine and the, uh, you know, atrocities that are being perpetrated. And I, I just uh, recall talking to another uh, learned uh, scholar this morning and telling him, you know what, you talk about Ummah. I can't see an Ummah because if there was an Ummah, there wouldn't be this thing called Palestine. Your thoughts, uh, Muhammad? No, you know, uh, the, the tragedy again with uh, Palestine is uh, the apartheid state of Israel is heading for an election. And every potential president, and uh, this time the new guy after the previous guy, uh, you know, you've got to kill Palestinians to show how strong you are. And, you know, the sad thing is that uh, here, maybe South Africa should, uh, South Africa and Gandhi should have thought. Uh, the Palestinians, that if you want to fight, try and learn about civil disobedience. But obviously, this is not our battle. It is not our fight. So we cannot tell other people how to fight their battles. It's just that to see children being killed, it's very disheartening and distressing. And and this is just after the famous reporter was killed. So, and, and yet for the, for the apartheid Israel, 
it, for them it's nothing. They don't even bat an eyelid. So basically, it's election season, and that's why innocent people are fair game again. That's the tragedy. Yeah, Shirin Abu Akhle, you talk about uh, her and, you know, she being also a, a dual citizenship, I think American citizenship, and uh, that's where America has done uh, nothing about it. Uh, they call that the hypocrisy. And you talk about, you know, nothing has been done. And uh, the tragedy is that, that they have to do this all the time just to show that, you know what, yeah, we got it all under control. Uh, but, you know, and, you know, no one opens the borders nearby. Egypt is compl- uh, complicit. And then uh, we notice our Nalidi Pando, she was quite vociferous about the uh, aggression. And she spoke out against uh, those children being murdered and killed. And uh, and then the Jewish Board of Deputies went uh, for her. Yeah, they said, oh, she's got no empathy. She has no sympathy for the uh, uh, Israeli cause. Uh, can, uh, can you believe the goal? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they seem to have... Uh what can I say? It, it seems sympathy is their, is their trademark and hallmark. And you cannot uh, take their so-called sympathy and use it. Uh, I wouldn't say use it, but highlight other issues. It's only the Israelis that suffer. It's only they that get hurt. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and not, notwithstanding the innocent lives killed and injured. And, and apartheid Israel, for all its technology and expertise, you mean they, and, and even, let me tell you, the, they they have infiltrated almost every organization within Palestine with their spies and, and snitches. And with all of that, you, you cannot find better ways of dealing with the situation that you've got to throw rockets on innocent people. You know, Mohammed. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Whilst, whilst you're talking, and uh, yeah, you tickle my brains once again, and uh, uh, again, you know, I was talking uh, many years ago, this must have been in 2004, uh, to a... Uh, uh, you know, Palestinian professor who was in uh, in in Gaza. You know, in and uh, I asked him. You know, and we were sending a lot of aids uh, from South Africa. And I asked him. Uh, you know, what are the possibilities of all the aids, the money that we collect from our country getting into the hands of the Palestinians? And you know what he told me, Muhammad? You'll be amazed. It's on record. He said, "Your guess is as good as mine." And then uh, subsequently, we found that uh, medicines were expiring. They were in warehouses and the things like. Uh, Babies, uh, babies feed never got to the babies, all rotted and so forth. And you know, it's a tragedy indeed. And I'm wondering who are those that keep an eye on what's happening and who, you know, what type of reports are we getting? But uh, these uh, Zionists, they definitely are playing, you know, mind games and they're playing uh, uh, perhaps uh, this sniggering behind our backs, uh, Muhammad. You know, my, my theory is today with technology. Uh, that what you can do is highlight the Palestinian cause. Every time, you know, there's a famous clip, and I'll probably share it with you. One of the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu speaks about apartheid and Palestine, and says it's worth. Now, if you have a Zionist telling you that uh, it's not apartheid, you ask you, you know, all you got to do is put that clip on his either tweet on his Facebook page or something, and. Uh, you know, who, who better an authority on a party than Archbishop Desmond Tutu? So that's it. How about you know, by... for, for what, whatever Bishop Desmond Tutu uh, may have done or may not have done, I mean, he's being outspoken on the Palestinian cause is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, we have to uh, give him credit because he said it, 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 it was uh, worse than uh, apartheid itself when he went there and he saw the atrocities that are being perpetrated. Exactly. Absolutely. And then you know who reacted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brigade went for him. They started making other yeah. stories about him. But at, at the time of his funeral, you would notice that designers' vices in South Africa were very silent about his funeral. So that alone will tell you a lot. No, absolutely, Mohammed. You on the ball? I bless you. It's easy for you to tell somebody uh, what what apartheid was or was not. But for a person of the stature of Archbishop Desmond Tutu, uh, who spoke out, who was, uh, you know, an anti-apartheid champion who won the Nobel Peace Prize, and for him to say that it's an apartheid state, that's what the apartheid Israel is all about. There is nobody else that can be more influential and more convincing. And you don't have to hold a banner, you don't have to say anything. Just keep bombing other people's social media messages.
Well, uh, then, you know, yeah, Mohammed, but there's a paradox also. Then you found a justice, a former justice, chief, uh, chief justice, Moheng Moheng. <laughs> he said, uh, I, 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 he said, I pray you know, for Israel. You know what's the latest joke about him? He wants to run for president, and they've told him if you're going to run for president, you're going to lose your government pension. Did so, they? You know, take, take your chances properly. You know, he feels he's on some divine intervention. Yeah. Honestly, that guy, I mean, really, you know, I really wish that he runs for president because I'll tell you, if it's one thing when you're a chief justice, it's another thing when you're a politician. And when you're a politician, you are an open field. You will be hammered, butchered, and tortured, you know, in, in, in the social space like no other. And especially with a person like him. I'll tell you that the, the social media and the uh, media will have a field day with him. He provides, if you remember the former SABC chief, that guy Slaudi or so. Slaudi, yeah. He, he, he too was Motsaneng, yeah. eh? Exactly. Uh, he too, he, 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 he'd probably be the next Slaudi. <laughs> hey, you Muhammad. Hey, you gave me the best laugh ever. Hey, Slaudi Motsaneng, pay back the money. Pay back the money now. What do you want the... Yeah. But poor guy, but you know the guy when he speaks, he's not silent. <laughs> you like it? You, look, I, I don't have to agree with the guy, but you know when you see the man speak with such conviction, he just wondered this guy can tell you anything, and you have the uh, you know audience uh, jumping. I mean, he also wanted to be president or so. Mm, it, know, yeah, on, he on did. One level, in as much as these guys, I might question their their so called. Uh, strategies and so on. But, you know, these guys grew up from real dirt poor rural areas. A guy like Saudi. Hmm. And, and you wonder what happened. Yeah. What potential, what brilliance and bang just fizzles out. You know, That's it. Yeah, but you, you know, you, you, you make us think, Mohammed, and uh, I like that, you know, in the end, you always give them the benefit of the doubt, uh, no matter. But the, the, the bottom line is, you know, when it came to money, I mean, we're not talking about uh, rands and cents here, we're talking about millions uh, siphoned off and taken away. I mean, how did they learn uh, to loot like this, uh, Mohammed? No, that's, 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 that's a very, very interesting question. And, uh, you know, what, what makes it even more interesting is, you know, in, in South Africa, as a civil servant, you are very senior civil servant. Let, let's rephrase it. You are very well taken care of. Mm. Right? There's, there's very little. I mean, you know, we would, we would probably... Pension and all that. Would, your principals, your inspectors, and so on in school. Fine, their salaries were not hot. I mean, their conditions were tough. But at, at the end, you know, they, they, they still managed to live and, and, and progress. Right? And, and these were on, on, on levels of what? School principal, school inspector, right? These guys, and no, that's not enough. You know, somewhere I read, and, and the opportunities, many of them were given post-94, were phenomenal. But still, all of that wasn't enough. You know, you've got to ask yourself, you know, what, what, what really goes through their minds? Yeah, you know, sometimes the priorities in life, you know, you have it all wrong. Um, I don't know if I told you this, uh, but if you take a drive down, uh, you know, any informal settlements and you look into the, in, in, into the settlements, you'll find uh, satellite dishes, nearly every settlement has one. You know, uh, each, uh, I mean, uh, a cubicle will have a, a, a DSTV, um, uh, what do you call a, a dish. And, uh, let's, 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 all right, look, let's give them benefit of the doubt. Now you've got those three... Uh, channels and so on. So fine, the guys need some entertainment, you know. You know, while listening to your radio, you've got your dish and the free, uh, what you call this, uh, decoder to air, things like that. So you know, I, I would, I would really want to go go down that road. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, they're taking a uh, pension being given for that, and uh, you know, money gone. But anyway, we leave it at that. Allahu alam, because you know they're living on. Uh, as you said, they come from a very disadvantaged uh, background and uh, there was uh, no way for them to even get up. I mean, when the uh, uh, democratic elections came through, uh, they had very high hopes. In, in 30 years, one would have thought South Africa would have been a world beater, Mohammed. Well, I think we've done well as a country. Yeah? Mm. 
you know, it depends what your benchmarks are. But uh, in the bigger picture of things, I think as a country, we've done very well. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we've, we've, we've made progress, but uh, it, it's, it's a never-ending goalpost or a never-ending target. And uh, in the bigger picture, in terms of living standards, in terms of uh, lifestyle, in terms of opportunities, uh, ninety-four to today, I think uh, South Africa has done very well. Alhamdulillah, give you because the whole world is in a mess, and uh, for that uh, I see it from the uh, you know the, the benchmark you coming from. Because if you look, show me one country that's uh, running at optimum, uh, Muhammad. Well, they, look, there are countries that are doing well in Asia. Uh, you you had previously the Singapore model. Uh, you've got uh, countries like Hong Kong, cities in China. They've done well, but uh, obviously it's not easy. What you've got to put in to maintain your lifestyle, it takes uh, a lot. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if you have a high benchmark, you're ready. You have to work hard, eh? If you think if you think it's it's safer in those countries, then uh, my my take is let me tell you, you've got to work very hard. By by hard, I mean sacrifice. Uh, you know, working hours. You you against very stiff competition. That's what many people don't realize. But it's easy to say, uh, you know, you, you immigrate or so, but if you're going to, if you're going to pick yourself against Chinese people also, you, you've got to be very smart in what you are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, the Chinese are quite sharp. And, you know, the Asians are doing very well for themselves. Uh, I mean, you know, the Indians, Ambati and all these guys are becoming richer and richer. And that Elon Musk you get uh, on the Western side and, uh, you know, all these other guys, uh, the names are just fading me now. But uh, the, the bottom line is, uh, you know, people are progressing. And I want to bring it local. I want to bring it local. When you look at the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, uh, Mohammed, uh, you know, we perceived as uh, very rich people, the Muslims, you know, everyone talks about it. And, uh, you know, they looked at uh, Dr. Imtia Suleiman doing brilliantly. Uh, talk to me about the listings on the JSE, you know, how uh, Muslim companies, uh, Muslim, uh, you know, uh, grouping or, you know, are they listed in the JSE? Right. Let, 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 me, let me just give you a disclaimer first, right? As far as investing in the JSE and that is concerned, I'm not good. And uh, based on my personal experience, uh, I can tell you more about the losses I made than the <laughs> but, <laughs> Hey, you so, too. <laughs> listening, listening to a person who's lost money is not <laughs> exactly the most exciting thing in life. But uh, all, all said and done, I always say in life, you've got to pay your school fees if you want to do anything. And uh, that's that's been part of the journey. But uh, if, if we take the JSC in South Africa, if we take businesses and that, look, our Muslims have done well with, with certain major corporate companies. Uh, if we take the like the former Imperial Group, uh, the CEOs were Muslim guys. Uh, if we take uh, Vodacom, I think we've had. Uh, and and, and if you take the other companies, you know, in fact, a very exciting company, I must tell you, and here many are critical, is the managing director of Woolworths in South Africa is a female Muslim. The managing director of Woolworths South Africa is a female Muslim from the Western Cape, Zaida Rylands or so. And now imagine she's worked through the entire company, been through all the systems, right? Occupies a position of leadership and you give her a deal. So, uh, you know, on, on that score, uh, you know, some people have done very well for themselves. And, and you know, it, both uh, in terms of career-wise and in terms of financial benefits, they've probably seen, you know, good opportunities. And from a career point of view, the exposure they've been given to, to be exposed to the entire, uh, you know, supply chains, uh, uh, computer systems, staff, staffing, warehousing, distribution, it's phenomenal and, and a damn good learning curve. No, that's, that's, how, that's where I would, I would put our Muslims and the JSC in South Africa. Yeah, you're talking about that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the supermarket groups and all that. They all, I, you know, there's the, the something you sent me and I looked at it. And I was thinking about, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. There's this one Muslim group. Uh, they have a whole chain uh, of supermarkets all over the country. I believe they're also in Africa. Uh, but Muslims generally keep it in the family. So you don't need, uh, you know, investment from uh, outside. You, you, you do it from yeah, the family. I, you know, it's, 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 
it's a bit of a tough one. Eventually, one of our guys will probably crack it, I think. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's not easy, yeah? Mm. You know, around the world, there are people that, that have attained, you know, uh, if you take in Dubai, there's this guy who has all these car dealerships and so on, uh, Futame Group, right? That guy's done well for himself. Uh, but uh, South Africa, it's, it's going to take a little longer. But overall, in, in certain niche areas, our guys, in terms of uh, what we call it FMCG distribution, that's fast-moving consumer goods, they've done well for themselves. They've, they've created they've created a so-called, if, if we go back in time and see uh, like your, your cash and carries, previously you had your Metro and there were a few other major groups. Uh, all those guys have fizzled out and who's filled in those places. So mm. Mm. That's how we came into the picture and, and they, they put on a good fight. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's basically where, where I would say uh, a bit of our strength lies. You know, Mohammed, uh, we look at it, I mean, this is all a family to you and very close to me also. The Spingo, we look at the Spingo scenario and, you know, one of your family members had this big thing. He starts with a P and, you know, all the story. We won't mention the name. And around them, around them, because uh, these uh, Yahudi companies came into being, you know, who I'm talking about. And they tried to, they, they tried to give them a go, a uh, competition. But Allahu Akbar, your family, you know, stood like the, 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 the elephant of the area. Talk to me. Look, I always say you can't you can't beat a person in their own backyard. It's really, <laughs> Absolutely. It's really what they and uh, if, if you know you're dealing with their A team, and Shukar, you know, in Spingo, Alhamdulillah, I mean, our businesses have done very well. And you know, in as much as it's a busy area, it's not the busiest of areas. Mm. Uh, the competition that's opened up around Spingo is phenomenal. You got Mega City, you got Galleria, you got so many other little satellite uh, developments, and for some strange reason, Spingo is still surviving. And the confidence, the confidence of the people, of the indigenous people, they believe in that product, they believe in the honesty, they believe in the freshness. And you know, you had, uh, I mean, members upon members. I can't, I can't imagine why a guy would 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 take a taxi thirty kilometers yes. away and pass five or six supermarkets. To come to one particular store, that that I can't understand, but that's human nature. That's the branding and human nature. You know that for me is a karama man. I mean, I knew Yusuf Jadwood. I knew his son. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Musa. We called him Rambo. And you know, we went on, and there's so many passed on. I mean, the one uh, gentleman who was, uh, I think, your your cousin. He must have been your cousin. Uh, but I'm talking about uh, Farouk. What a lovely young man he was, and uh, really had a lot of. Uh, you know, brilliant. And we make special du'as for them that Allah grants them a genital field dose. And, uh, you know, sometimes the young people, uh, everyone had a lovely word to talk about them. Allah, you know, always bless them. And I do still keep in touch with, uh, with the family. To run these businesses is no joke. Absolutely no joke. Yeah, it's a really big, big sacrifice. Now, uh, Muhammad, you know, we, you and I, mashallah, but we'll be, we'll be, we'll be relevant. We're giving information that is quite important. Let's go on to the eggs, you know. Uh, are you a big egg fan? You know, you like your omelette or your bedu eggs and what? Tell me, you know, before we get to the topic uh, proper. You know, you like your I'm eggs? I'm not an egg farmer or an egg fan, but eggs are a lovely dish now and then. Yeah, I like it. Onion eggs with the roti and uh, maybe exactly. sometimes you feel the scr scrambled eggs with some sauce. Can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. And what about this one, Mohammed? Eggs, when you have it, you know, sunny side up and some nice pickle with it, carrot pickle. Well, pickles are not my favorite, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice breakfast dish. Let's put it that way. Yeah, lovely. Lovely indeed. Now, I want to talk to you about something important. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's our topic for today. And I want you to unfold this topic and, you know, give us the ins and outs and why not. You know, it's sad to say, but uh, in life, people will always have these dilemmas. Uh, you know, you start off your life, you get a career, you build up a few uh, assets, uh, time goes on, you might have to sell a few things, uh, circumstances change, and now suddenly you, you're left with a choice that, look, I need to live, but I need an income, or I have some money, how do I protect the capital for another nation? Issue and 
you know, we've, there's been a lot of controversies and issues in the in the in the, in the public space, uh, and and believe me, it's going to happen for another good few centuries. Uh, question is, if you have money, how much do you invest in one particular asset or in one particular company or in one particular person? And this is why the lesson: do not put all your eggs in one basket holds very very true you know just as a disclaimer we're not giving any financial advice that you've got to go and speak to your financial advisor and this is not about where or what to invest but it's just that if you look at people that uh, that have done well and uh, people that have uh, suffered smaller losses uh, what was their secret what was their strategy and you know the best thing to do is to always split your investments in five or six different options and how how you do it what do you do that's 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 another story and also when it comes to investing and investments the most crucial factor is greed if you ask me why did people lose money it's only one word I, i'm talking of in terms of investments not in terms of opening a business right it was because of greed you can go to the bank uh, you've got Sharia products. Uh, you've got non-Sharia products. That's your choice. Uh, you can uh, put your money in there. You'll get a small money if your capital is safe. But obviously, you're not satisfied with that. Maybe your your nature is you want to take bigger risks, and this is where the problem begins. No, absolutely. And you say you know the, where the problem begins and. Uh, uh, well, you look about uh, you know you look at the Muslim businessmen. You know you talk about. Uh, they do help out each other, you know. There's, there's always there, uh, they, uh, they they care for each other. I mean, the recent looting that, that took place, and uh, mashallah, you know, you'll see most of our our businessmen, you know, our Muslim businessmen, are back on the feet like uh, nothing happened, uh, Muhammad. I don't know if I'm uh, wrong in my perception. Look, uh, let's put it this way: those 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 with the gumption and the go are back on their feet, and and those whose businesses were profitable. Uh, did, did make a go of themselves, but overall, there is there is that that uh, support network, uh, be it your suppliers, be it some of your customers, uh, be it uh, you know uh, certain uh, benefactors that have went out of their way to ensure that uh, some businesses were back on their feet in no time. Alhamdulillah, that is uh, good to hear. And Alhamdulillah, as you say, you know, but when uh, we were young, I mean, uh, we. Uh, we watched the businessmen, or we, we did business causes, and all of us did accountancy and all that. Um, and then you find uh, most of our people, you know, go into, uh, you, you know, if you, you, you into accountancy and what you call them, chartered accountants. And uh, why is that, uh, you know, the, the, the calling for most of our young men to get into, uh, or, or they want to become CAs? What's the reason for that? You know, historically, we come from a generation of shopkeepers in some way or the other. Either shopkeepers are exposed to traders, buy and sell. And that's where, that's where business rubs off. And those that, that are very smart probably take up science careers, a few other fields. But by and large, it's in our blood to buy and sell. Well, as I said, it's there. As Muhammad says, we buy and sell, and uh, yeah, as long as you don't sell the people, buy and sell, but be honest in your in, in your dealing. Well, Muhammad, as we move on, uh, you know, and uh, look at uh, some of the other scenarios, especially when you talk about uh, legal talk and in the, in the world of legalities, um, honesty is the best policy, right? And if you do the right thing, um, your name your name is uh, uh, is not tainted, and you find most businessmen. Most businessmen, uh, you know, the Muslim businessmen are not tainted. But, uh, you know, sometimes man is created weak. He slips and he falls and this and that. And, uh, you know, start to, uh, the whispering of the shaitan is sometimes uh, so great that, you know, people start burning businesses to claim from insurance and so forth. Uh, why do the people do this in dis uh, desperation? I mean, it's, it's not a good thing to do. But we heard of many people going insolvent and paying a person... Uh, you know, five cents in Iran and so forth. Um, how do you advise against this? You know, in Islam, they always say, tie your camel. Simple as that. And 
when you say tie your camel in business, uh, again, don't get greedy. Uh, you know, I, I remember if you were talking about the Spingo business people, I remember Mr. Adam Kadwa, Uncle Adam, Topshop. Yes. And once asked him, so if people come to you with a business idea or this, that he says, you know, Mohammed, I got a very easy answer for them. I tell them, you know what? You guys are too big for me. Hmm. Hmm. Right? <laughs> that ends the conversation. And and literally, when, when it comes to business and doing business with people, you've got to discuss and decide how much risk can you take on that particular customer, on that particular product, on that particular supplier. And uh, if, if your whole business depends on that, I mean, some people have done it and have done well, but uh, you, you've, got to, you've got to draw a line and you've got to decide. But uh, sometimes you don't chase after business and, and probably lose everything in the rush. Yeah, as you said, uh, you, uh, and, uh, a very wise man indeed to say, yeah, you're too big for me. But uh, no, no, you may be bigger than that all. Well, let's, let, let's just say, I don't know what that guy has or doesn't have. <laughs> the best people, you say, no, you guys are too big for me. Simple as that. You cut a long story short. Uh, brilliant indeed. And, uh, you know, uh, very, you know, humble people do talk uh, and uh, they mean a few words about Alhamdulillah. Uh, the baraka of the rands and cents so flows in the bank account. And uh, maybe, yeah, I don't want to talk about Sul Ramaphosa's baraka under the mattress and all. I don't know whether they call that baraka or what, but let's leave that alone. No. And then uh, let's look at reality in life. Look at a reality. What's going on around us? We're talking about Ukraine. We're talking about uh, Russia. We're talking about uh, gas price. We're talking about wheat prices. And uh, we, uh, you know, Russia's imposing price terror on uh, Europe uh, with gas. And now I believe Europe now wants to go and open, uh, uh, you know, Germany and all want to reopen the coal mines. Uh, and here in South Africa, we're closing the coal mines. What do you read into that, uh, Mohammed? Energy is always going to be a political issue and uh, depends on the whims and fancies of the day. You've just got to learn to live and adapt and adjust. But in the end, it's a bigger ploy because you might say, oh, uh, fuel and that has gone higher. But if you look at the petrol majors, the fuel companies, uh, what you call this, they all are showing record profits. So, man's disaster is another man's profit. Now you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing to me, eh? You're pulling me into a disaster. No. You're pulling me into a disaster zone now. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Tell me. Let's see if you can read my mind, no. Mohammed. No, I, I'm not good at reading people. I tell you, this man, he can read your mind, people. Once he's driving in his car, and if he's talking to you, he knows exactly what you're thinking. Uh, Islam Group, uh, they called it uh, Amanat. An Amanat. Talk to me about it. Uh, look, let, let's, let's, let's just go back a bit in time again. Right? We, won't, we won't deal specific with any specific groups. But time and time again, experts get it wrong in business. And here we're talking of billions of friends. Uh, if we take the, take the famous Tonga Hewlett Group, right? They own property like you cannot believe. They own with the Gateway, they own Shanga, uh, they own the entire North Coast, Hilmers, uh, so many of them. They own Coral Bay and so many other companies. That company today is bankrupt, finished. Uh, take Steinhoff, which was part of that. Uh, Techie Town, a few other companies joined them. That company is bankrupt, right? Uh, lots of people, and, and let me tell you, people have lots of rants. In America, you had that Enron saga. And, prime, and the lesson about this is always do not put all your money in these companies. If, if I had to put a number, I would say maximum 10%. Ten different asset classes or ten different little accounts, and that's where you should have your money. But to put all your money in one, and also I have another very interesting question. Lots of times you will tell you a guy like you will come up to me, oh, I got this brilliant investment opportunity and idea. First question I would like to ask you is how much of your money is involved? What have you put into it? Technically, the term is how much skin in the game you've got. Because lots of times you will see people telling you to, to, 
to invest in certain businesses and uh, investments, but yet they've got huge bugger all and they take fat commissions or salaries. And then you wonder, you must ask yourself, wait, so you are you taking my money to pay your salary? Is that what it's all about? And and that alone will tell you, listen, I don't think this is for me. Absolutely brilliant points were made and, by and, you. And it's sad some, some, some have turned out to be such good opportunities. But in the end, you know, these things just went belly up. And, and you know, when people promise you guaranteed returns, when they promise you it's a fail-proof investment, that's one of the biggest uh, warning signs and flashing lights. That, you know, the, the terminology, too big to fail. Yeah, many do and tell time you that. And, and it's not going to be the first time, first or the last time you're going to hear this story. Very sad indeed, uh, you know, when you hear things like that happening. And, you know, I remember as a young man, uh, you know, there was this, uh, I think, was it an Islamic bank? I, I, you know, and, and the enthusiasm, and I heard the word, hey, I got so happy, uh, uh, Muhammad, I got so happy, I went and told my auntie, I told my uncles, I told every family member, uh, even I told my mom, no, you buy 10 shares, and I told my other auntie, hey, and suddenly, when they, you know, when they pull the carpet under our feet, and then my auntie's worrying me, my uncle's worrying me. I didn't know how to face them. And I, as a young man, I got a shock of my life because I was like naive. And when I heard Islam, I, you know, I, I, I melted. Talk to me about that scenario. You know, this, this is, now, now you've touched on a very good point. Because to me, I've reached a point where if a guy tells me, listen, it's an Islamic Sharia product, investment, or it's a very good tax write-off, I'll say, sorry, I'm not interested. Because if you want if you want religion, then you go to, to, to a religious institution. But if you want business, then talk to me business. Don't, don't tell me it's a Sharia product and say, oh, you know, you'll, you'll take your haram money and make it halal and, and use, uh, you know, very beautiful and flowery words. Yeah, you make it. My, a- my question is, what's behind the product? How, how good is it? And... and Today in South Africa, there are a lot of major institutions that have very, very big values that, pro- that provide much safer and less uh, risk, uh, what can I say, less risky at, uh, investments. And, and you should seriously look at those. And at the same time, you know, here, here's a nice place uh, that I was told once. They say if you got a million rands in the bank, you have a problem. And if you owe the bank a million, the bank has a problem. So decide where you want to be. And, uh, you know, literally, if, if you're going to put, even, even what banks do in South Africa, I mean, we, we've had it, uh, your, the so-called, I think, bank, the BBS bank or so that went under not too long ago. I mean, here, a lot of pensioners lost their money. And again, these were tried and tested institutions. And, and it doesn't mean your money is in a bank. It's 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 it's, uh, it's risk free. But if, if you have if you if you're blessed with uh, with with a lot of surplus uh, cash or uh, assets, spread your investments. That's my advice. A guy might tell you, no, put uh, buy company share X Y Z. It's a sure winner. You'll never go wrong. You know. And 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 here I'm I'm reminded of my late Nana who used to tell me about. Well, I wouldn't say tell me, but passed on the message in the family. He says, if you want to lose your money quickly, you go to a casino. If you want to lose it slowly, put it on the share market. Right? But, you know, then again, you, you've got to ask yourself, how do you spread your risks? Uh, what do you do? And, and putting all your, all your hard-earned uh, equity into one particular asset or one particular company. I think is very reckless. That's my opinion. Absolutely brilliant uh, thoughts are coming from our uh, very own advocate, uh, uh, Muhammad Umar. I'm really enjoying him, uh, people. Talk about uh, all these issues. Uh, but uh, what I want to know, those uh, people that lost out with that uh, Islamic bank, did they get paid back or did everyone lo- lose their money? Uh, I think a, a handful got their money back. If I, 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 I doubt very, very few got, ever got anything back. Wow. I think they paid whatever amount you had in the bank. I think you only got about 50 grand or so, which, I mean, if you had a million grand and you got 50 grand. And, and also, you must remember, money has a time value. 
what what was a million rands 20 years ago and what it is today is two different stories. So people, you know, and, and especially uh, individuals that had put in their life savings, their pensions. And, and, you know, time and time again, these guys were peddled the Sharia angle. You know, and, and sometimes if you dig a little deeper, you, 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 you question it. Uh, 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 you know, if, if you are a property company and, and there's a company on the stock exchange that owns, uh, sh- that that has pick and pay as a tenant. So what's so different between that company and the company that says we Sharia compliant and has pick and pay as a tenant selling everything? So what makes, what makes company A different from company B? Wow. Wow. You really, you really got our minds uh, thinking and, you know, uh, all these things that uh, the terminology uh, changes, uh, but the, you know, the, the, the uh, behavior is the same. I mean, uh, the transaction exactly. is the same. It's only the terminology. It's either a shop right packet or it's a box of packets. It's the same damn thing inside. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, people don't think, eh? Well, it's sad. And, and that's how a lot of people uh, are, are taken in. A lot of people. And, and, and you know, you, you've got to do your own... Uh, assessment on your own circumstances and your own issues but it's, it's always better uh, you know uh, another way of looking at an investment is find out what's the total value of your assets if you're going to invest and uh, you know here here i might just get a bit technical but you know on the on the jsc you get what is known as the satrix uh top 40 uh, you must have seen it on the newspapers you call it the snp 500 or the dow jones Right? Yeah. These are heavy terms. Uh, if you dig a little deeper, there's very easy ways to, to look into these uh, opportunities. And I would think from this point of view, over a five or ten year period, these would probably uh, represent a far lower risk than some of the shady investments that people have, uh, have, have got themselves into. Also, another question you've got to always ask yourself. Fine, I don't need this money. I'm investing it with you today. Tomorrow there's an emergency and I need it. How quick will I get it? Mm. And, and if, if I've got to phone you to ask you for my money uh, and suddenly you've gone on a ship cruise somewhere, now what do I do? So the, 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 these, are, these are all serious questions you've got to ask. And again, never, ever, ever put all your eggs in one basket. I one like that. Investment or in one, one particular project. That is a recipe for disaster. You know, uh, Mohammed, what you're talking about, a recipe uh, of uh, putting your eggs in one basket. And now, let's be realistic. When, uh, you know, family members of yesteryear, uh, they all got together or they got into business partnerships. And, you know, yesteryear, it worked out. Till, you know, they worked so hard, they built it into something uh, fantabulous, something big and something very powerful that, that was, you know, standing against all odds. But then suddenly, odds. when the elders went, Mohammed, when the elders went, I would, yeah, there's I a cycle. Okay. If you take if you take video machines, once upon a time video machines were very popular. Today nobody will even give it a second look. And and, and that's the same with businesses and people. If if you're gonna be stuck in the video machine era trying to sell people video machines, you're not going to be in business. And and, and this is this is where you admire younger people who start off new new ventures with fresh ideas and fresh opportunities. And they, they, they are the ones that go out and change the world. So businesses, and, and if you talk of older generations, those, you know, again, it boils down to one word, and that was unity. Where the families were united, they went and shook the world. That was, that was how the previous generations and even current generations were successful, were and are successful. Now, Muhammad, uh, you know, I look at myself. I come from that era of the bagicha, the farm of Spingo. And I knew the eight track. I went to the four track. You talk about the videos. I know about it. And, uh, you know, we adapted. I mean, I'm an old man now, but I adapted. I can engineer. I can talk. I can, uh, you know, put things together. I can work my apps just like that. Uh, 
and I'm sure you are even uh, tech savvy. Uh, I mean, the human mind or the brain never dies, uh, Muhammad. It's both ways. Even the, I think the designers of technology, uh, you know, uh, Steve, uh, was it uh, late Steve Jobs who said, who made it very clear that if he doesn't understand something, or I think was it Jack Ma, then, then don't 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 even go any further. Because if, if you know if he if he cannot if it's not user friendly, uh, it wouldn't work. So I think it's both ways. But mo- most important is it takes an initiative and it takes. Either you are forced to learn or you probably take the initiative to learn. Yeah, as you say, you take the initiative to learn uh, your banking system, your business is all automated, uh, you know, artificial intelligence coming to the fore. Um, the world is being, uh, you know, ushered into a very fast-paced thing. Uh, if your computer is slow or, your, you know, your, your, uh, you, you get your printing, uh, you, I mean, we are, uh, we are programmed to be, you know what, need for speed. And the, the the impatience levels of human beings today is on a all time high. Your reaction? Well, I think that's what makes life easier and, and better. <laughs> uh, previously, I had to send you a letter. I would have written, I typed it, I would probably written, put it in an envelope, taken a stamp, gone to the post office. Maybe a week later, you would have received it, kept it in your desk or your filing system. Then phoned you and asked you, did you get my letter? You say, oh, let me just check. You know, can you send it again? Whereas today I'll send you an email and there's no excuse. So that's that's how the world has changed. Yeah, I like I like what you told me there because. Uh, but um, my point is that the you know that human feeling of empathy, sympathy, of patience, of being cool, calm, and collected is because of technology. Man is reacting in a very cold manner towards even his fellow human beings. I mean, he's letting the machine do the talking on his behalf. Uh, that's what I'm trying to get at. That that, that human touch has been taken away. It's, it's the way the world is moving, and and you've got to you've got to you've got to fit into that world. Mm. Can't we convert? Uh, you know, ended a lot of careers. But take that home today, non-existent. Yet, if, if your home line was disconnected once upon a time, you were shut off from the world. Yeah, if you don't have Wi-Fi, what happens, uh, Mohammed? Tell us. Exactly. Today, today Wi-Fi is people's life. I mean, you can have load shedding too, but there's some sound. <laughs> never mind. Load shedding, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got. Hey, I've got backup, brother. I got backup. I got that. Yeah. No, I got that backup. Yeah. Oh, very good. So your Wi-Fi is working. Yes, yeah, my Wi-Fi is working. I got the backup. I mean, this is a dependency and uh, that market of, you know, data and uh, technology and cell phone towers, it's run by, by perhaps one uh, manufacturing company that makes it and uh, distributes it. What, uh, what's behind it, uh, Mohammed? There are lots of companies involved. I, I think you've got uh, your Ericsson, you've got Nokia, you've got Huawei. In fact, the the knight in shining armor is actually Huawei. You know, those guys are are real smart people. So much so that they've earned the Americans. Mm. And 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 you must watch the Huawei CEO and founder speak in an interview. Ultra simple. I, I don't think he even speaks in English. Mm. And, you know, it, it's as uh, Apple will sell you a, a handset or a laptop. Whereas Huawei will, will run the entire system from your handset to your cell phone tower to the entire uh, system uh, to run a community network. Yeah, Mohammed, and as, as we talk about all these uh, different technologies, uh, uh, name me a few Muslim companies that are into this technology and that can give perhaps um, Apple or Huawei and uh, Samsung ago. Are there any Muslim companies or, you know, with a Muslim brand that can come to the fore and maybe, you know, give a competition in the market? Talk to me. Offhand, in in terms of uh, products, I can't think of any offhand. But uh, I think in all of these companies, you've got got people of different religions and different, uh, what you call this, persuasions sitting on different levels. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to run any, any particular one person down or up. But 
I think as an independent network provider also, you know, we've had some companies like in the Middle East, if you went, we had Salat and a few other guys, if we remember. Uh, South Africa, if you take MTN, uh, they, 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 their holdings are, are very ex extensive and they're also quite strong in the Middle East and so on. So, uh, and, and in between you've had, uh, you know, you've had people of, of all backgrounds serving in different roles. I'll tell you, Mohammed, really fascinating conversation. I'm looking at my basket and I see, yeah, my basket. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll bring the other basket, Mohammed. I got about four bucks. As long as your basket is growing, that's most important. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's grown. It's grown uh, quite a while, yeah. But I'll have a brilliant uh, conversation with you. Perhaps uh, your parting words uh, this evening. Well, like, like, we, like we said, our topic for today was putting all your eggs in one basket. And, uh, it's, you know, no, no one person is an, is an expert. Uh, no, no one person has the answers for everything. And no one investment is going to make you rich, but sometimes that one investment can make you poor. And when, when you invest, there's always the upside and the downside. So, you know, you, you've got to look at these things. And as you get older in life, your emphasis is more on getting an income rather than watching your capital grow. And as for providing for other generations, my attitude, each generation must fight their own battles. That's my philosophy. And that's, that's exactly what my parting words are. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Jazakallah khair, Muhammad. And I like you said, each one comes to their own taqdeer. And yeah, you don't say, hey, you know me, I'm advocate Muhammad Umar. And my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren are set for life. Hey, I heard many talks like that, Muhammad. Can I tell you, I've yet to see a grandfather providing for his or her grandchild. Or provided. Time... In, in 30 to 40 years, whatever was, 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 let's say, rich back then is not rich today. Allah Akbar. Think about it. No. You've had to work for You've had to make it happen and you've had to run it properly. And if you did not have the brains to run it, believe you me, it, it, it would have been very difficult to continue. Absolutely, Muhammad. Allah bless you. Be beautiful even, uh, evening for you and uh, talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, Advocate uh, Muhammad Umar there, absolutely, mashallah, evening, uh, very thoughtful, uh, you know, uh, insightful thoughts coming through, and Allah bless him, and uh, yes, I keep it locked on uh, to Marcus Sahaba, don't go anywhere, people, we're going for the Isha Azan, and thereafter, inshallah, we'll be uh, joining you on uh, Wasail al-Ilam al-Sadiqah.